On the cover, in a diamond cutout in the middle of the page, Hero stands outside a yellow house with a whimsical mailbox, hands in their pockets, and a pensive look on their face. In the corner insets, we see Jackie, a laptop cradled gently in one massive paw. Darren, flying away from her school building at high speed. William, flanked by the shadow of his father. And Debbie, a void chime sitting in her open right hand. Issue 39, Panic Button. We open up in an alley where Piro has just popped back in to our time in which we find ourselves. And as we look behind them, we see a looming lupine shape that is very quickly stalking down the alleyway towards Piro. Now, Piro, what are you doing? Um, so I've been through a lot, so I would like to try to hide as fast as I can. This is, this is again, an alleyway. There's not a whole lot in it in which or behind which to hide. So I would like you to unleash your powers to overcome an obstacle. Uh, that is a five. Okay. Tell me what you try to hide behind, and it just goes very, very poorly. <laughs> All right. So I, I'm thinking that it's an alleyway, so there's maybe like a fire escape or something. So sure. I think that I want to try to like jump up and grab onto the fire escape and kind of scramble up it, but it just, it, it just falls apart like completely. Okay. Uh, I think I want to modify that just a little bit. You jump up and you grab the fire escape. And as you are trying to haul yourself up, you feel uh, yourself grabbed from behind, like by the shirt. Oh, no. And we get that panel of this surprisingly dapper looking werewolf uh, wearing a pea coat and a monocle and it just like hauls you off the ladder and like sniffs like really deeply it says you have the stink of paradox on you where is he i just wanted to go home i don't know where he is i don't know how i got to where he was and i just want to go back to my shack you're not actually lying there so i think <laughs> i think what he does is stops for a minute and then just like kind of drops you in the alleyway and then sits down, like against the wall, and kind of looks at you. Damn it. I thought this was the moment. And then he uh, takes a pocket watch out of the peacoat and looks at it. Uh, soon now. I'm too soon. And uh, what are you doing at this point? Am I off of the fire escape? Yes. Okay, so I guess I'm just, he's, he's not going to hurt me, so I guess I'll just sit down and like see, you know. <laughs> are you just going to like look at him? Are you going to say anything? Or... Yeah, so he's not going to hurt me. Or at least I don't think he's going to hurt me. So I don't think he's a threat. So I think I'm just going to look at him. Are you like trying to figure him out or? I think I'm just waiting to just kind of see what he's going to do next. So eventually he stands up and realizing that you don't know where Paradox is, I think he doesn't have a whole lot of, of interest in pressing you further on that. And I think unless you try to like stop him or, or do something there, he's just going to haul himself up that same fire escape you were trying to escape by and, and take to the roof. This is very interesting and I'm, my, my attention is very caught, but I think I'm just so tired of everyone else's stuff that I really just want to go home. That is fair. Uh, so yeah, he hauls himself up onto the roof and then he's out of sight and you're kind of left alone in this alley uh, wearing a sick bicycle helmet. What do you do? 
I'm just gonna start walking home, but I think I instinctively start walking towards my parents' house instead of towards my shack. So you get pretty close uh, before you realize where you are heading. Are you going to continue on with that? Yeah, I think I need a hug. So I think I'm just going to go home. So so tell us about your parents' home. What does it look like? It is a yellow house, for sure. And it's like a little, like, it's small. It's not too showy or anything. It's kind of like suburban, middle class. There's a little garage and like a second floor, but it's not too big at all. Maybe there's a porch with some plants growing or something like that. Okay. Oh, oh, and a funny mailbox. Funny how? Definitely super unique. I'm thinking like it's painted like a rubber duck. So you get home and I don't think your parents are actually at home at this point. It's kind of middle of the day and they do work. So the house is empty. I am assuming that you know how to get in, you know, regardless, like there's probably like a key hidden somewhere. Are you going to head inside or what is, what is your plan here? So I think I'm just going to leave a note and maybe like, maybe just mime some fake bread and be like, there you go. I'm, I'm thinking about you parents. And then I will go back to my shack. Inside, uh, when, when you get in, there is it kind of central in the living room, a big cork board with a lot of different like news articles or like scrap pictures of you. And you can tell they've been trying to work out where you're at, like a, like a string board kind of thing. I love it. Um, but I am. This is concerning. I don't like that. Um, <laughs> so I guess is, is the house empty? Like other than that? There's there are no people here. Right. Yeah, that's what I was asking about. Okay, so so if there's no people here, then I am going to hide again. Inside the house, or I think I'll probably uh, yeah yeah. I guess I'll just hide inside the house. Um, I guess I'll just kind of like go into a little closet or something. Okay. Are you just gonna wait? Yeah, I'll just I'll just wait, and then um, perhaps I I check my my little phoenix watch and see maybe what's going on with my friends, but. Now, now that you have checked your, your little Phoenix watch, there were a few days ago, uh, William had sent out a couple of messages to, you know, see if people would meet with him uh, for some sort of big thing, some sort of important plan, apparently, which you have now actually dinged as red on those watches. Are you responding to any of this? I think that responding might, might not be the best idea because I don't want uh, a reply to come back while I'm still hiding. So I think I'm just going to leave everybody on red. Okay. So let's move over to, to the rest of your, your team here for a sec. I think I want to start this with Jackie, because you would probably be the one who would notice most uh, that something has happened with your tech because you have tech-based abilities. So when your Phoenix watch, when that message chain, uh, you know, when the hero's little icon moves down to the red, you probably got some sort of update about that. It's been a day or two since your conversation uh, with the second Axiom, uh, Garfield Glenn. What are you up to? Have you been back to see TDOS? Where are you at the moment when you get that update? I definitely went back to see TDOS. And my initial thought is that I uh, contacted my my old friends, the Killage people, and I tried to set TDOS up with them. Since I'm not sure I'm in the... uh, the right place to be taking care of her. Uh, so it's pretty easy to get in contact with them. Um, of the two of them, let's put it this way, which one are you calling? 
I feel like I should call crack shots. When you call crack shots, uh, you can hear in the background police sirens, and he he answers. Oh, hey, hey, Jackie. Uh, uh, what what's going on? Bad time. Oh, oh no, no, it's fine. It's fine. just a just a small chase. It's all right. What's you up? Sure. Yeah, there there's there's only three cars after me. It's fine. All right. If if you're sure, um, could you meet somewhere? There's someone I want to introduce you to. I think it could be mutually beneficial. I, uh, I mean, you'll you'll have to give me just a minute. Where would you like to meet? What's the nearest abandoned building? <laughs> you tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. This is going to be. This is going to be an abandoned. Let's go with an abandoned bookstore. Sure. That's just sad. But accurate, unfortunately. So yeah, there's the the old abandoned Barnes and Noble. Not an abandoned like Applebee's. Ooh. Now the Applebee's is weirdly still in operation. Just somehow. <laughs> what? Right? What city is this? <laughs> of all the. It's the Dollar Ritas. This is the darkest timeline. Big Margarita Town, Apex City. <laughs> so as you are waiting to uh, to meet up with Crackshot. That's when you get that message that uh, Piro has now read this message chain that you were formerly involved in. And you have not seen Piro in well over a week at this point after the warehouse incident where you got sent to space and Piro just vanished. So that's new. So Darren, you're at school because it's kind of middle of the day. And I assume uh, like any good high school age child, you have checked your social mess- uh, your social medias at least once or twice during the day. What class are you in? At the moment. Modern history. Wait. No, 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 no. Change my mind. Uh, social studies. So you're, you're in social studies and you're learning about European history, let's call it, and uh, learning about how way back one of the points at which we converge is that the island of Sicily uh, doesn't really exist so much anymore. It was sunk in kind of just post-Romanic times. It was sunk by what we assume now is a a super being of some kind. And ever since, it's it's actually kind of interesting because a lot of uh, modern archaeology takes place on that island of sunken Sicily. So you're learning all sorts of neat things. Like apparently there was, you know, uh, an actual labyrinth on an actual island in which there might have been an actual minotaur. Who knows? That's the point at which, uh, being a you know school teen, you do feel the urge to check your social medias and see that Piro has, uh, within the last probably 30, 40 minutes, their little icon has marked down to red. So Piro has read that message chain that William sent out before the rest of you went to the moon. Are you up to anything at this point? I stand up, I say, excuse me, and I walk out of the room. Uh, you, your teacher is kind of like, wait, what, what, what? Are you just like going to walk past them? Or are you going to stop? Or I- I'm just going to say, good day. Thank you. It was a little dry, but thank you. And then I go. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Where are you going? I am walking with purpose down the hallway to my locker. I open the locker. I grab my things, put them in my backpack, which I do have a backpack and has stickers on it. I put it through awkwardly because... I have uh, my second arm growing out of my rib and my little nubbin arm that hasn't grown back yet. And so it's a little cockeye. So, and then I walk out into the parking lot and I float up 
And then I send a text message with a smile emojis going, Hey, Piero! <laughs> Welcome back! <laughs> Tell me about your adventures! And go to find Piero. <laughs> okay. So you're just kind of flying up into the skies of Apex City. Uh, William, you have been informed by your dad that tomorrow he is going to hit up uh, the assumedly last void chime. And you have just left his office. Uh, what are you up to? Uh, I am going to contact Debbie immediately. Uh, are you just like sending her a message? Are you calling? What are you, what are you doing there? I'm going to call her. It rings a couple of times, and then she answers kind of like a hushed voice. Hey, uh, um, hold on just a minute. And you can hear her moving around, and like you can hear like, like some chatter in the background. And eventually she comes back. Yeah, what, what, what's up? Uh, we need to talk. Uh, in person uh, oh okay all right uh well i'm at school at the moment kind of interested to see that you're not but yeah that's i don't really care about that right now you know and 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 i appreciate your nonchalance about the educational system but uh you want to meet me afterwards is what you're learning really more important than the fate of the world okay well no you see you should have led with that Debbie, I'm calling you. Normally I would text you, but I called. Yeah, I just thought you wanted to talk to me. Honestly, I, I thought it was kind of sweet, but I see Debbie. that this is another superhero thing. Uh, Debbie. So <laughs> I guess I should just lower my expectations a little bit. We need to talk. Applebee's. We're not going to Applebee's. It's open. That's the, that is quintessential peasant food. <laughs> All right, fine. Where do you want to meet? Well, now the pressure's on me. Um, Applebee's? Uh, we're going to meet... Uh, you know what? Fine. We're going to go to a fancy restaurant for lunch, but a restaurant that uh, William would approve of. Someplace that is not a chain, that is exclusive to Apex City. Very high-end. Which would normally require reservations, but obviously I own the place. Wow. Obviously. Wow. So... Yeah, uh, it is after you talk to Debbie that you realize that your message chain from uh, a couple of days ago when you asked the rest of your group to go to the moon with you has, at this point, I think another response from Darren, and it looks like Piero has actually moved down to to red on these messages. Uh, are you doing anything with that information, or are you just kind of... Uh, I'll go ahead and add to that chain, uh, just with something to the effect of, huh... Glad to see you're not dead, Piero. So, speaking of Piero, uh, you're in a closet, and now that you have checked your messages, your Phoenix watch is buzzing uh, gently every so often as people, you know, respond to this uh, message chain that you are in with the rest of your friends. It looks like uh, they're they're more or less happy that you're alive, so that's nice. Are that you nice. are you doing anything with this information? Um. So I definitely think that I would be watching the the thread. And being mm-hmm. like, okay, all right, people are uh, messaging me. But I think I would be, like, very paranoid about it and, like, trying to listen and make sure that there's nobody in my house. So I want to respond, and I think I just want to send out, like, have you guys been to my house since I've been gone? No, I thought your shack was destroyed. Yeah, I, don't, I haven't been there. I fly over sometime. Just a wave. 
it is. Uh, how long are you staying at your house, Piro? I don't like that. So I want to leave right now. I want to get out of the closet, run right out the door. Sure. <laughs> uh, I think as you step out of the closet, you hear a car pull up in the driveway. <laughs> Dang it. What do you do? I'm going to go back into the closet. <laughs> <laughs> sure. You get back in the closet. Uh, you hear the door open. You can hear your mom talking to someone, uh, assumedly on a cell phone of some sort. She's talking to someone about getting together for, for coffee at some point. Uh, so she, she moves her. Did you, did you leave your invisible bread anywhere specific? Um, just like next to the, like the little welcome mat where, or where would be a little welcome mat if there was one. And you did in fact write a note for your parents. Yes, and I know what is in that note. If you would, if you would. I, I, I think, I think. Uh, first off, where did you leave it? Um, the note was stuck to the door. The bread was, uh, like by the foot of the door. Okay, so so small change. When she comes in, I think she tells whoever she's talking to that she has to go, uh, and and kind of gets off the phone very quickly, because note on the door, right? And and she is reading over this as she is kind of walking around the living room. Uh, what is in this note? Um, it says, needed a hug. I'll be home soon. And then it's just signed with an M. Oh yeah, no, she, she's, she's definitely crying at this point then. I think it takes her a moment because in her head, she just missed you uh, when, when you needed some, some assistance right, or some, right. you know, and uh, I think, I think she, she's kind of like sinks down on the couch and I think she's probably having herself a cry. Okay. So I'm going, I, I, I'm going to say mom, and then, like, attempt to exit the closet to go comfort my mother. I would like you to roll to comfort or support someone. Okay, what's that plus? That is plus mundane. Seven, but I'm angry, so that's a five. Uh-oh. So you step out of the closet, and I think, first off, it scares the hell out of your mom. Uh, because she was not expecting someone to be hiding in the closet. I think she, uh, I think she kind of screams and like shoots up off the couch. And then there's a moment where she realizes that it's you. And then she runs over and she hugs you. And then I think that is the point at which you hear, uh, a knock on the door and your mom, uh, kind of like tearfully, you know, breaks away from this hug and says, Oh, I'm I'm so happy happy to see you. Hold on. Uh, what? Where have you been? And there and there's like another knock on the door. What do you do? I'm going to tell my mom I've been a little bit of everywhere, and I'm really sorry that I disappeared. And then I'm just gonna kind of look at the door. And she's kind of like wiping, you know, tears out of her eyes. Like, I, I I'm sorry. Hold on. I I you know what? She she kind of like gently like pushes you down onto the couch stay right there don't go anywhere i'll be right back and she goes over to answer the door and you can hear oh oh hi ruby and you can hear uh yeah hi miss morris i was just coming over to i i heard some stuff about about miu and i was i was coming over to give you some some more information what are you up to stick around i really want to stick around and hug my mom some more but this might not be the safest place to do that no i'm gonna i'm gonna stay put i think i'm in a lot of 
distress, and I really am trying to get some comfort from my mom, and I think that that was really important to me, and I don't think I want to leave until I feel a little bit better about my relationship with my mom. Okay. Are you at this point guilty? No. Are you hopeless? No, I have I have angry and insecure marked. Okay, so I don't think, unfortunately, that this is going to clear either of those. I was trying. I, I appreciate it. We'll put a pin in that, but I do want to ask one thing before we do. Darren asked, you know, where you were because Darren was coming to find you. Did you re- respond to that? Uh, so I sent the text that said, has anyone been to my house? I, I think that... Mm-hmm. Like someone could hear that I am home do they, from that. Now their responses uh, had kind of indicated that they thought you were talking about the house that you had been squatting in. That's true. Did you correct that, or do you want to at this point because you have a minute? Um, no, I think I'm too wrapped up in everything to uh, check my Phoenix watch. I actually really think that I would be very frozen on the couch because this is very uh, scary. So, Jackie. You're at an abandoned bookstore, and you are waiting on Crack Shop. What's you up to in the meantime? Well, I I feel like I would be sending more text messages on my watch trying to figure out what's going on now that Puro has reappeared. I would be texting the rest of the group asking if we're doing anything about this. <laughs> Do you want us to come meet you somewhere? What's going on? What are we doing? So you are getting those messages as you're kind of on the couch, Piro. Are you still just uh, avoiding that particular situation, or has this prompted any response? Avoiding the phone situation? Or mm-hmm. the... Okay, yeah, I think I'm probably still avoiding it. Sorry, everyone. I think Darren would have been sending text messages, like a constant stream, of one two-year-old check, it's destroyed, L-O-T-R. And by the way, I drove over... I flew over a whole bunch of abandoned houses. Also, you are not there. No big deal. MBD. <laughs> GTFO. <laughs> I don't know how these things work. Um, it would just be constant like, hey, I'm over this street. Didn't see you. <laughs> GTFO. <laughs> Kept going. Eventually, Crackshot does show up to this abandoned bookstore that you're in he looks like he's been probably um in some sort of scrape like he's wearing a sparkly vest and a little bolo tie but like the vest is missing a bunch of sequins and he's got you know mud all over his boots and his hair is very disheveled as he kind of walks in he's looking around to make sure that nobody's following him and like very quickly kind of moves in Oh, oh, hey, 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 Jackie. Uh, and he's kind of like looking out the windows. Yeah, yeah. What What can I, you, you had something you needed help with. Yeah, you're sure everything's okay? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm fine. Just, uh, you know, it's fine. Yeah, don't worry about it. It's fine. Okay. Um. So I have a laptop with me. I'm going to open up the laptop and say, I have someone I want you to meet. And it, it's going to be TDOS on the laptop. Say, like, I think you guys would get along. TDOS has definitely hijacked uh, most of this laptop's processes. Relevant question, does this laptop have Wi-Fi enabled? I think it probably does. Uh, So you open it up and it is streaming like 17 cat videos all at once. And the webcam pops on and then the cat videos stop. It starts patching together different pieces of video to make sentences. And TDOS says, "Who, who is this? 
Say, this is Crackshot, an old friend of mine. We used to uh, we used to be on a team together. And TDOS, uh, there's a little loading bar that goes across the screen of the laptop, and then it pulls up a couple of different videos of Crackshot, like getting run in on different crimes and like getting arraigned and arrested. And Crackshot looks back at the laptop and looks over at you, Jackie. What? What is? What's going on here? I met I met TDOS here in a. Well, let's not go into that. But uh, <laughs> I just thought, you know, that you and the rest of the Killage people could, you could benefit from each other's experience. I don't know. TDOS needs, you know, friends. And I don't think it's best if I harbor or, you know, house TDOS, considering I live, you know, how closely linked I am to Kopi. And you're really the only people I know. And I think uh, I think TDOS on the laptop, uh, you hear, I thought we were friends. Are you, are you trying to get rid of me? No, I'm trying to protect you from Kopi. And Crackshot moves over and kind of like gets like real close to the webcam. Like he has no idea. What, he, he doesn't know what he's doing with modern technology. He's, you know, Ronald Reagan, for God's sakes. Um, and he, and he kind of squints at it. What, so what do you want me to do with this? Just like, like hide it somewhere? I I, th- I know I mean I know a couple of safe houses that I could probably uh, stash it away in. Get to someone you know who understands technology. Well, I mean, usually that would be you. You you're you're a tech person normally. Uh, motor Motorhead's trying, but he's just he, between you and me. He's more analog and digital. Uh, I mean, I guess I could I could take it to him, but uh, and I think I think what I'm going to need you to do is. Uh, I think probably provoke someone to get him to do this because it seems like he's got his own stuff going on at the moment, even if he's not talking about it. Yeah, this is not working out the way I had planned. <laughs> <laughs> so go ahead and roll to provoke someone. Eight. I think, yeah, you know what? They don't have to choose one of those other ones. I think this is just going to work. After, after a moment, he kind of like rubs the back of his head and he's like, well, okay. So... I guess I can take this uh, to Motorhead, and the, the two of us were probably going to skip town pretty soon anyway. So, um, here's another idea. Do you know how to find people? Can you find Dr. Cassiano and bring TDOS to him? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, finding people is easy. So, so you want me to, to find this, this Dr. Cassiano guy and, uh, and bring the laptop to... Yes, bring the laptop to Dr. Cassiano. Yeah, okay, I think I can do that. And, and he kind of like, re- he's he's not sure whether or not he should close this laptop since it seems to be like a sentient AI. Before he does, I mean, I know, give TDOS like your, my IP address or whatever so we can still communicate. Like I'm not brushing her off. I'm just keeping her safe. Yeah, yeah. And I think she gets that at this point. <laughs> so as as you hand that laptop over to Crackshot, I would like to move back over to William. You have arranged to meet Debbie at a nice fancy restaurant, which she shows up to wearing her uh, Ackman Academy uniform. So she's got the blazer and the tie and she's just waiting outside when you show up, kind of like just playing around on her phone. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll, I'll go inside and get a table. Once the two of you are sat down, she kind of looks over at you. So I'm going to be in detention, by the way. That's fine. It's totally worth it. Well, I'm glad you think me being in detention is worth it. So, I had a talk with my dad this morning. He says that tomorrow we are going after the last void chime. 
Huh. And unless my math is off, I'm pretty sure that's the one that you're supposed to have. Well, I know that I have one, uh, and he doesn't, so probably a safe bet. Yeah. So, look, Debbie, I'm really glad and thankful that you came on the moon mission with me, and you've proven yourself very valuable, and I just need you to know that wherever... You have hidden this. Oh, good lord. He loves you. I will, I will mute you. <laughs> Be quiet. Wherever you have hidden this, I'm sure it's in a good spot. And there's a possibility that Dad could be trying to bait us with this. But if he's going after this and he knows where it is, then you're in some serious danger. And I'm not okay with that and if i can help you with that then i really wish that you would let me this seems to be the role of the day now you as i recall do have influence which means you do take a plus one on this which i should be remembering not that it would have changed the previous role but well all right well i'm still this is a provoke yeah yeah, I'm definitely guilty right now. It's a lot of that going around. Yeah, that ain't gonna cut it. Not even close. That's uh, a four. She sits back uh, in her inner seat and just kind of looks down. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad that I proved that I have worth to whatever you're doing. Uh, I don't feel like I should have needed to, though. I, I get it. Like it's. I understand that you've got your own stuff going on, but I just wish sometimes that you would realize that I do too. So here, so here, Give it to him, Debbie. you said your dad's coming after it tomorrow, right? What do you want to do with it? Cause either he knows where that sanctum is and he knows that I have it, which means that he knows that I took it, which means that I'm in danger regardless of what we do with the void chain or he doesn't. And he's just trying to get you to, to act first. True. So the real question is, do now that we have Nightshade and Eric, do we have enough people to make a play at these chimes against this older generation? Do we move this forward and try and just let this play out and wait for our time? And I think at this point, Debbie kind of leans forward on the table. You've been directing all of this for a while. And I've been going along with your plan. So how about this? Just this once, you let me call the shots. Am I going to get to hear the plan? Because so far, you've never told me anything. Well, to be fair, you haven't told me a whole lot either. Here's the plan. Either your dad knows where this thing is or he doesn't. Either way, we act like he does. So that safe house of mine, compromised. We let it go. When your dad moves on it tomorrow, none of us are going to be there, and that chime's not. We're going to let him take it. And in the meantime, we're going to take the rest of his chimes. Okay. I had told my dad that I was going to go with him tomorrow. (laughs) I don't see why you can't. So you're going to move the chime, the one chime, and we're going and go after the rest. 
is this just you doing this or do you need help? Oh, no, I'm definitely going to need help. Do you know if your dad's bringing anyone but you? I honestly don't. That's fine. You go with him. Keep him occupied as long as you can. Meantime, me and, you know, maybe I'll ask a couple of your other friends. They seem like they were pretty good in the scrape. They're not half bad. We we take your dad's sanctum out from under him. He's okay. not going to be there. All right. That makes sense to me. And she kind of calls over the waiter. And in an absolute power move, she pays the bill. Wow. Queen. <laughs> it's like she's paying me. <laughs> Doesn't matter. But at that point, she stands up. And uh, I think she's like tussles your hair a little bit. Yeah, I'll be seeing you around. And she heads out. And I think the hard move I'm making here off of that is that you have lost influence. So, okay. I lost influence over Debbie. Uh, quick question before we move on. I was also pseudo trying to activate uh, one of my team moves. Yeah, yeah. What do you, what do you want? At the very uh, beginning. Uh, the team move of when you share a vulnerability or weakness with someone, tell them a secret about your legacy, including your own feelings on it, and clear a condition, and give them influence over you. Okay, I think that works. Um, so you would basically just clear a condition and give Debbie influence over you. I think that's perfectly fine. What are you clearing? Uh, I will be clearing hopeless. Before we get over uh, to Darren, I want to check in with Piro right quick. You've been getting a lot of text messages. You hear your mom gently explaining to Ruby that uh, she has a surprise, that something wonderful has happened, and Ruby, you know, is kind of trying to get it out of her. And your mom is like, oh no, just just come with me, you'll, you'll see it. Uh, and they are now moving back towards the living room, so you probably have a moment to do something. Do you want to do anything? So I think... I, that, like, the tension in, like, Piero's demeanor would be, like, rising throughout, like, the conversation with Ruby and Piero's mom. I think that at some point during the conversation, I would realize that I don't have a mask to give to Ruby. So I think mm -hmm. that kind of makes me relax a little bit and kind of convinces me to keep staying and see how things play out. So they enter, and there is a definite moment where Ruby sees you and nor the last couple of times you've seen Ruby, she's been kind of, kind of scary, a little unhinged. She doesn't look like that at this point. She is just dressed in her normal clothes. Uh, her hair is still like a bright red. It's obviously dyed, but it's, you know, pulled back and she is well kept. She is not covered in masks at this point. She just looks like normal Ruby, but you can see, over your mom's shoulder that she is looking at you and her eyes go kind of wide and like this slow smile is starting to spread across her face. Over Ruby's face? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. What do you do? I'm gonna say you can't you can't touch me because if you touch me we're gonna go see the teeth guy and I don't think you want that. Your mom looks between the both of you like she doesn't know what's going on. Mm, yeah. And Ruby just starts kind of like, she puts her hand up to her mouth and she's like giggling a little bit like, oh. <laughs> and she starts heading towards you. Uh, okay. Like so arms wide for a hug. Yeah, so now we're gonna run. <laughs> okay. So you're in the living room. Where are you running to? Because you could move to like the back of the house or you could try and run past them and out the front door. Um, okay. Uh, I think I want to try to use something, use, use my powers to help my getaway so i think i'm going to i'm going to mime like uh striking a match against a surface 
of like a matchbook and then I'm going to mime like as if I'm holding like a like a circular object in my hand and light the fuse and it's a it's a smoke bomb and then I'm gonna run away. Now before we get to that, I do have one well, really kind of two questions. First question, things bring your doom near. Uh talking about it. Yeah, you just did, didn't you? Yeah, gonna need you to mark your doom track. That's okay. And secondly, I am going to need you to unleash your power. Okay. That is a 10. Nice. So you smoke bomb and your mom (laughs) starts coughing and Ruby starts coughing. Are you running past them or are you trying to go out the back? I'm gonna run past them. As you do, you can definitely hear them like coughing and Ruby is just like flailing around and just trying to grab you because she assumes you're running past. Uh, You manage to duck just under her arm, but it like swings past you and you dart out the front door, uh, which is now kind of pouring smoke out of it. Where are you going? I am going to run to Kobe, I guess. Because I will remind you that your friends are blowing up your Phoenix watch. Uh, Are you responding to any of them at this point? Yes, but is there a way to, like, send a voice chat so I don't have to text? Yeah, this is a highly advanced watch. You can voice chat. Do you have maybe a panic button that you can just hit? Oh, oh, panic button would be tight if there's a panic button. You know what? Sure, why not? So, uh, so what does that look like on the page when you do that? What, what effect does that have? All I can picture is, like, every scene from Ben 10 where he, like, smacks his Omnitrix and it, like, does a whole... Like, little sequence, like, magical girl sequence. Um, so I, I would really like it if that happened. When you hit the panic button, what I'm trying to get at is, what is the effect of it? Like, what does hitting it do? Oh, uh, I think, uh, based on what I know of, like, you know, apps that are based on security like this, uh, it would be, like, a text to close friends that has my location and, like, help me or something like that. So uh, let's let's move over to Darren then, because you're up in the sky and have been actively looking for Piro. You get that uh, alert that's like, oh, Piro is in trouble at, you know, little GPS coordinates. And you see the little Piro dot tracker. What do you do? I make an executive decision and I'm going to see the watch. I'm going to press in route and then turn around and fly as fast as I can to Piro and be emotional support. Let's ask uh, uh, Lenny, where does Darren intercept Piro? Where along the route? Um, so I don't really know what would be en route from the house that we were just at to- Oh, it's, it's all, it's all in your hands. Okay, alright, so, uh, Applebee's. So in front of an Applebee's? Yes. Which is open, <laughs> and doing well, business is booming. <laughs> we are nothing if not consistent. <laughs> <laughs> so you're running past an Applebee's when Darren swoops out of the sky, and, uh, Darren, you see Piro just- booking it in the direction of Kopi. Why are we running? Uh, Ruby found me. Um, well, I, yeah, Ruby found me. I look around as I'm sprinting with Piro. Do I see Ruby behind us? There's no Ruby behind us. Piro, there's no Ruby behind you. I will stop running now. Um, and I will be like, wow, uh, I guess I just assumed she would still be there. When did you see Ruby? Um, with my mom. Is your mom okay? Most likely. I don't think Ruby's gonna hurt her. And, uh, let's move over. So Jackie, Crackshot has just left, and you, a couple of minutes later, as you're exiting this abandoned bookshop, get that panic button ping, so you have your little, Piro is in trouble in your little GPS dot. What do you do? 
book it as fast as I can to wherever that dot's located. <laughs> you're fast, you're a bear. It is uh, just intersecting with Darren's dot at a nearby Applebee's. Great, we can get some some appetizers. <laughs> I, I have an emergency and the only cure is margaritas. <laughs> <laughs> Fair, that's what I would use that watch for. So as this conversation is ongoing, we see Jackie heading down the street to intercept the two of you. Right. And you see Darren with her one sock arm and Piero looking slightly panicked. And both of them are kind of looking down the street and uh, apparently realizing that Piero doesn't appear to be in as much trouble as initially thought. What are you up to? I, I barrel in like all ready to like fight something. And so I sort of like come up to them and, you know, like reared up and I'm looking around, like looking for something to fight and I don't see anything to fight. And I'm just kind of looking between them like panic. I shrug my shoulders. Uh, I would like to apologize to the bear. Now let's back up a minute again from there. Uh, William, you uh, have just been walked out on uh, in the middle of this restaurant. And as you are preparing yourself to leave, you get that uh, notification on your watch. Piro is in trouble in your little GPS tracker, which appears to be intersecting with Darren and Jackie outside a nearby Applebee's. What do you do? Yeah, I'm going to... Be a good person. Calmly stand up from the table, straighten my suit jacket, push my chair in, walk out, and put a uh, portal on the ground in front of me and hop down into it and appear on the road beside them where they are. You pop in uh, on the road as Piro is apologizing to Jackie. And so finally, it's been a hot minute. We have this entire group back together. So Piro, the rest of your friends have showed up uh, after your panic button. We are now realizing that you're in front of this Applebee's and uh, nothing is currently exploding. What do you do? I, I don't know about you guys, but I could really go for some apps. <laughs> Give me a second. I'm looking up the Applebee's menu. <laughs> we don't we don't really have to do this. Okay, I'm sorry. We need to be very accurate. We definitely need to do this. We 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 are not being sponsored by Applebee's. It's fine. <laughs> Applebee's, if you want to sponsor us, hit me up. You got to pay us first. No free advertising. I like I think I'd like to order the classic combo <laughs> with artichoke dip. Okay, so more realistically, what I think would happen is just I would word vomit up everything that happened to me within the last couple days. Just all at once? Yeah. In the middle know, of the street in front of Applebee's? You know, how it, you know how it is. Putting going out in the front of Applebee's. Listen, if you're coming to Applebee's and you're expecting to not see an emotional breakdown, like, directly in front of it, that's, that's your own fault. Sponsor us and we'll take this out. So are boneless wings wings that don't have bones in them? <laughs> They're just chicken nuggets. I'm sorry. But the bones are the best part. Nifty. Um, Can you elaborate? Masks A New Generation is written for Magpie Games by Brendan Conway. It is made of appetizers, margaritas, and bones. Ask your doctor if Masks is right for you. Jackie Bear is played by Christina. Piero is played by Lenny. William and Furness is played by Jordan. Darren is played by Nan. Find her on Instagram at Nanjitsu. Apex City is GM'd by Jeremy, who also writes the music and edits this podcast. Our album art was provided by Fitzsimmons. 
Find them on Instagram, at Fitsonomy. Find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, or having an emotional moment outside your local Applebee's. Follow us on Twitter, at ApexCityCast. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next issue.